Actors, we've all got issues, so let's talk about them. I'm Juaniala, and welcome to Actors with Issues. Each week, we bring you interviews with actors from across TV, film, and Broadway, taking many deep dives into their careers and getting into the successes, the struggles, and of course, the issues that they face as actors. That's enough about us. Let's dive into the episode. Today's guest is an actor you've seen in everything from Law & Order SVU and Blue Bloods to Banshee, The Terminal List. He's here to chat with us about his latest role on the Netflix series Partner Track. Please welcome to the stage Matthew Rauch. Matthew, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me, Juan. Nice to see you. Uh, so before we dive in uh, to Partner Track and everything, we always start with a quick game called Getting to Know You. Just throw some rapid <laughs> fire questions your way. Uh, okay. Some this or that. We'll start with an easy one, coffee or tea? Coffee, always. Film or television? For work or for pleasure? Whichever. <laughs> both. We'll say uh, both. <laughs> uh, for pleasure, film, but for work, TV. Uh, drama or comedy? Drama. Hero or villain? Oh, villain is much more fun, right? Uh, New York or LA? New York. Born and raised. Always. <laughs> uh, stage acting or screen acting? If the paychecks were the same, stage acting. That's usually the deciding factor. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, what actors had the biggest influence on you? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, the actors I knew who had a big influence, I was close with Rene Aubergemois. He was kind of a mentor of mine. And um, he was a big influence in my life. Um, actors I saw on the stage when I was young, John Malkovich, Gary Sinise, uh, Joan Allen, um, actors I admire now, God, there's a lot of them. Daniel Day-Lewis is probably the best, Meryl Streep. Um, mm. There's a lot of good acting on TV right now. Yeah. Too many to name. <laughs> there's more content than ever these days. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's a lot hard of to content. pick. <laughs> Lots of content. Too many things to watch. Yeah. Every night a different show. Uh, what is the last show that you binge watched? The last show I binged watched was The Old Man on FX. Yeah. Uh, what was your first non-acting job? My first non-acting job was uh, busting tables in a lobster restaurant on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Oof. <laughs> I feel like it's a rite of passage for going. every actor to do some food, food service. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but it was, it was smelly, dirty, sweaty work not a lot of money but it was fun uh what movie never fails to make you laugh what movie never fails to make me laugh young frankenstein classic and uh what movie yeah. never fails to make you cry oh a lot of movies never fail to make me cry um moonlight field of dreams mm -hmm. the english patient you know all kinds of different things yeah i'm a movie nut so and uh, lastly, describe your most memorable audition in three words. And memorable can be good or bad. So that's up to you. Um, am I going to be asked the specifics of it afterwards? <laughs> you don't have to. I leave that up to the to the guests as well, in case they don't want to, you know, burn any bridges. Memorable audition in three words. Um, monologue. Cell phone. Artistic director. I feel like that's a common thing, a yeah, phone going was, off in the room. It was not going off. They were just on it, scrolling through it in the middle of a monologue. It was oh, awful. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those moments where, I mean, I know that part of your podcast is about the struggles of actors, various struggles that we have. And it was one of those moments where in any normal situation, you would stop and say, I'm so sorry, but do you have something else that you need to be doing instead of auditioning me for this play right now in this moment? But of course, you can't do that because then you're the difficult one. You're the sort of pain in the butt. You're the guy who's, you know, it's really a tough situation. And maybe he was doing, they were doing something important and maybe, you know, it was just, but it it makes them, you know, they're six feet away. It was just terrible. Right. Those rooms are small. It's not, it's not. Uh, yeah, he was right. Uh, I mean, he's sitting right there. Like he's on his phone. Right. Like, you know, what are you doing? Like, exactly. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Oh man. I, I feel like there's, like there's the quite audition. a bit of, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's quite didn't a bit get of, it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, there's definitely a bit of behavior that is, uh, seems only exclusive to, or not behavior, but I guess manners that just are out the door and, yeah the theater seems to theater seems to just take take uh, take everybody's um many people's behave decent behavior sort of just take it away um our business is a funny one um ego and responsibility and um pressure and self-importance and all of those things come into play it's uh it's very very strange that was a very <laughs> strange moment in my life i walked out of the audition and I called my manager and I was like, you're not going to believe what just happened. That was just, it was just, that was incredibly humiliating. Anyway, I've given you more details than I probably should have. I hope, I hope that person never watches this podcast. <laughs> uh, so, I mean that in the best way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I no offense taken. <laughs> um, so uh, before Partner Track, uh, you portrayed yeah. lawyers and legal types on a number of different projects on Blue Bloods, yeah. on Law and Order, Bull. Yes. Um, did young Matthew Rauch ever want to become a lawyer or was acting really always the end goal? It's a great question. I, I, I had a feeling you were going to go there. I, I, I grew up in a family of lawyers and judges. My grandmother was a federal judge. My father, my, um, my brother-in-law, all of my best friends, both of my grandfathers were attorneys. Um, so I grew up, I was surrounded by the law when I was a kid. I, when I went to college, I thought that I was going to go to law school. Um, there was a part of me uh, there was a time in my career when I was struggling and I thought, well, maybe I can just go to law school now. <laughs> um, so this has always been a, you know, playing lawyers has, um, I, I guess you have to be the right type. And then also you have to sort of understand the the métier. So I, I think I understand the métier and I um, it's always seemed to fit. Um, um, I still have a sort of fantasy about alternative universes where I'm a, you know, a partner in a law firm and london or something (laughs) have a very different life um not i think a life that i would prefer to the one that i have but there is a version of my life where i end up a lawyer you know Mm -hmm. yeah especially you know with all these multiverse movies and all that it's kind of fun to imagine all that stuff it's like in another world you know (laughs) that's a good idea i'll write i'll write a um I'll write a multiverse movie about, about an actor who's a lawyer in another dimension and about four people will watch it. <laughs> uh, so I'm curious with all of these lawyers and whatnot in your life and yeah. throughout your, your life, was there anyone that you drew inspiration from to portray Marty or any of your past uh, legal characters? Oh, definitely. I mean, um, certainly my father, um, my grandfather, my grandmother, who was a judge, um, she was quite a... Um, she was a pretty extraordinary, stern woman, um, brilliant and sort of scathing in her own way, but also mischievous. Um, 
Marty and, and many of the lawyers I played in the past um, on Blue Bloods on SVU um, are, are sort of one thing. Very often when you show up as a guest star on a show, you're sort of serving a purpose um, plot wise uh, rather than than it's less of a character and more of a plot situation. And so mm. and that's not that's not a knock on those jobs. And I, I love going on Blue Bloods and I get to work with Bridget and she's terrific and it's a lovely set and all that. Um, and SVU is always just extraordinary, the best people. Um, but Marty, M Marty is actually quite complicated. And, and I I hope to have another crack at him, frankly, because I feel like there's um, there's some depth there. There's some interesting things happening. I think on the surface, it's very easy to sort of read him um, in sort of big signal, like domineering, aggressive, pretty obnoxious, morally maybe a little um, shady. Um, but I do think that there's more going on. In fact, I know there's more going on. Um, and I would be interested in exploring that in the future. Mm. The answer to your question is yes. I did draw inspiration <laughs> for people in my life. <laughs> it's a podcast. We welcome the longer answers, you know. All right. <laughs> Nothing worse than short answers <laughs> on a podcast. Talk for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with Marty, you know, I love that. I love sort of how intense he comes off initially, and yeah. but you know, like with with so many. Um, of the characters on the show, there's layers there, whether they're um, upfront or not. And of course, all the, you know, all the best actors have these backstories and sort of developed and you can always sort of like see little glimpses of like, of other parts of Marty that we haven't seen yet. So I really do hope that you guys do get another season because it'd be really great to Me get too. to flesh everyone out and explore more. And, um, and yeah, so firstly, congrats too. on the show because uh, oh, it's, you, you know, in the, I think it's number two on the TV shows on Netflix right now. Yeah, I don't Last know how I everybody checked. gets this information. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm sort of of another generation, so I'm like, how do you know that? Um, <laughs> but, but yes, apparently people are watching the show and it's being well received, and um, I'm certainly seeing a uptick in my sort of social media. I go on Instagram, and you know, there's all these people yeah. wanting to talk to me, and I'm like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> um, uh, yes, people are watching the show and they're responding well to it. And it's a really nice group of people and it shoots in New York and I live in New York and I would love to have an opportunity to get another crack at Marty. So I'm, I, it mm -hmm. seems to be going well. And, uh, thank you for taking an interest in it and thank everybody else who's listening to this for taking an interest in it. And I'm also curious with, uh, if there are any other lines of work that you haven't gotten to portray on screen yet that you're curious about, um, doing in the future you know it's a very good question i um i've always wanted to play a doctor a, a surgeon um i find surgeons to be very very interesting people they're kind of um they manifest as very type a very aggressive very alpha in a lot of ways um but i think that many surgeons have a really deeply um philosophical um, sort of metaphysical side. And I find the, the combination of those two things to be quite interesting. Um, so all you writers out there, all you producers. Um, yeah, I've never, I mean, I've played, you know, I've played doctors, I've guest starred as doctors on random shows over the years without a trace, I think, and, you know, things like that. But it's, but I'd, I'd really be interested in going deep into playing a surgeon. I think that'd be quite interesting. Mm -hmm. I always find it particularly fascinating with uh, medical dramas when there happens to be an episode that's legal. 
uh, that it, there's like a courtroom, yeah. something went wrong, malpractice or something. And it's like, yeah. you know, best of both worlds for you, <laughs> the legal side and the medical. And, you know, we'll just, we'll <laughs> manifest that for you. Best of both worlds for you, because you get both <laughs> procedural dramas in one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you know, with the name of our show being Actors with Issues, um, we do always chat about sort of the obstacles and issues that actors face um, throughout yeah. their career. So what's something that comes to mind as something that you have either dealt with or overcome uh, that you're able to, to chat with us about? Well, um, I think it's a challenging business. It can be a very challenging business. Um, the, the emotional and mental toll of rejection can be can be large there there are there are um it's not easy to constantly be said no to because mm -hmm. when you're an artist uh, let's say you're a painter and you know the thing that you paint is a thing that you can give to someone and then they say oh i don't like this and i don't want to buy it the thing that i paint the thing that actors paint is me and the the rejection of that can manifest very personally and i know that number of actors including myself over the years have man managed to take some of that very personally and i it's taken me years of training myself to not take it personally um and there were times in my life when i had trouble getting work where there were things going on in my life that were difficult outside of my work life i had a friend who died um, I had some personal stuff going on in my, I mean, th when things are happening in your life, other sources of stress become really heightened and can create serious problems professionally in this business. You know, we don't, I don't work in an office. I don't work, um, I don't work in a sort of traditional structured environment and personality comes, um, becomes very important in a business like this. And it's easy for stress and rejection to cause emotional responses in a business like ours. And I think it's very important for actors to understand that and very important for actors to figure out how to manage that. Um, and that those things can manifest in a number of ways. And I don't know that I want to get too into how they manifested for me personally, but, but there, there are, there's a sort of litany of things that can happen that have to do with um emotional issues and depression and substance abuse and you know things like that all kinds of addictive behavior that are um that can be really toxic in people's life and also really damage your career um and, and i think now that i've reached middle age i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm able to kind of um think about that stuff more rationally and um uh, I'm grateful for that. Very, very grateful for that. But the, but, but I think in a, in a very basic way, the, the rejection of most actors don't just show up and say, I want to be on Game of Thrones. And everyone was like, okay, you're on Game of Thrones. Like it doesn't work that way. And you, you, you try and you try and you try and you try. And we like to read stories in the media about sort of overnight success people who come out of nowhere and are hugely successful but that's just not how it works in almost any situation mm -hmm. um i mean I, I i've heard leonardo dicaprio talk about how hard it was at the beginning of his career how hard it was to not get jobs to watch all of these other young actors get jobs um and i, I use that as an example because i think people think that anyone can do what we do but there are 
tens of thousands of actors out there. Um, and any modicum of success in our business, whether it's in film or theater or television or some other version of our world, commercials, voiceovers, you know, um, uh, any modicum of success is a success um, because most actors aren't working. And I think that reality, it's, it's, it's hard to accept that reality, particularly when you're young and have sort of stars in your eyes and have great ambition, you know? Um, I think there's a, there's a potentially very toxic combination between um, being young and ambitious and wanting the kind of attention that I think young actors really seek and not getting that attention and craving it more and more. There's a, there's a, there's a vicious cycle there. Um, uh, I have fallen into it at times in my life and I know many, many, many other people in our business who have as well. So. I feel like things like that only get a bit more difficult with um, how, like you said, sort of the overnight successes with, especially with um, huge platforms like, uh, yes. like, like Netflix, yes. you know, like the whole world can watch a show or a film that you're in. And all of a sudden, I think uh, Jacob Alordi from Euphoria has talked oh, about yeah. it. Sort of, yeah. he w had to go into his Instagram and archive a bunch of his pictures because his now personal memories were now being broadcast to millions of people. And he's like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel very lucky that the early part of my career did not include social media. I just would like to say that. <laughs> um, I, I think it's very difficult to be a young person right now, a person in college, a person starting their career, particularly if you have some version of notoriety or success or money. Um, the, 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 the toxicity that I see on Instagram and Twitter, I'm not on TikTok and, you know, but I, I it, it feels, um, relentless to me and I, I, I that I that there there's um I heard Denzel Washington say something very interesting once he said someone asked him why he wasn't on social media and he said if they can see me every day of the week they're not going to pay to see me on Saturday night why would I do that what do I get from that and there's something to be said for that and Denzel is a very interesting particular guy talk about a, an actor I admire I sort of forgot to name him at the beginning of the podcast um, an extraordinary actor with a truly remarkable career. Um, the, the idea that somehow my personal life is anybody's business is, it, it, unless I invite them to have it be their business, is really um, sort of staggering to me. And it's a very new idea in our culture, like within the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I know an actor who, whenever he's asked about his personal life, is, is, you know, do you have a partner? What's your sexual preference? He says, it's none of your business. It's none of your business. That's not what I'm here to talk about. And it's none of right. your business. I'm not that way. I mean, I'm perfectly happy to tell you I have a wife and I'm very happy. And you know what I mean? But I, um, uh, I'm, I'm not eager to share intimate details of my life. You know, right. it's an there's a, there's a, I think there's a balance that you have to find. Uh, so before we go, uh, we always end with, uh, non-rapid fire game called now that we know you since we've gotten the chat for a bit uh so fill <laughs> in the blank we know you okay uh, fill in the blank if i weren't working in the arts i'd be if i weren't working the arts i'd either be a chef or an architect uh what role have you had the most fun playing oh macbeth by a lot mm. uh, what is the best advice you've ever gotten 
there's a lot of answers to that question. I've gotten some very good advice from people over the years, but I, someone recently um, passed on some wisdom from another actor to me. Um, surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you. And the second part of that is slow is the fastest way to get there. Mm. Um, so that, uh, you know, and I, I think that speaks to the idea of a career that, um, that is consciously created that is where you make choices that are good for you that make you happy um the only autonomy actors have is the ability to say yes or no and if it doesn't feel right it probably isn't right you know mm -hmm. uh, similarly what's the worst advice you've ever gotten <laughs> and then we try and toss I'm that out sure. immediately <laughs> i don't know if i even know how to answer that because as i've gotten some very good advice in my life Juan. I've also gotten some really, really terrible <laughs> advice. Um, wow. Um, I, I don't mean to be flip, but somebody said to me, you should always bet the long shot. Once when I was at the <laughs> horse races for a random thing. And I was like, okay, let's do that. And I was like, wait, that's stupid. <laughs> there's a reason there's a long shot. Um, Wow, the the worst career advice I've ever got. I actually don't have an answer to that off the cuff. Um, mm. I was sort of unprepared for that question. Forgive me. Um, Usually, the bad advice uh, we try and like get rid of immediately. Just you know, put it out of our minds. Yeah, I've certainly. Oh. I, I clearly I've blocked it out. Um, <laughs> thank God I didn't keep do, keep doing the bad advice over and over right. again, or I'd remember. It's yeah. it's it's. <laughs> there's a funny version of this where someone says. What's the worst advice you've ever gotten? You'd say, oh, the worst advice I ever got was to run directly into that wall. And yesterday I ran into a wall again. You know, like you keep doing the bad thing over and over again. Right. Yeah. Uh, so lastly, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Oh, wow. Um, I know a lot of young actors. I work with a lot of young actors. I teach young actors. Um, it's hard to condense it into 10 words. And as you can tell, I have trouble condensing anything into 10 <laughs> words. Um, what's the best advice for young actors? Go slow and have big goals, but reasonable expectations. Awesome. Um, and so what, I, what I'd say sort of as a parenthetical to that, not to talk too much about it is not everybody's going to be a star. Not everyone's going to be Nicole Kidman or Brad Pitt or Viola Davis. You're just not. Mm. And that doesn't mean you're not good at the job. And that doesn't mean you're not successful. Um, I think it takes the young actors a long time to learn that. And the sooner you process that, the more joy there is to be had out of making art, because that's essentially what we do. We tell stories. And, um, um, I think it's I think it's reasonable to have lofty goals. I have lofty goals still in my life, um, but I also think it's reasonable to have reasonable expectations and understanding that, you know, buying a lottery ticket. What's the joke in uh, Goodwill Hunting when Stellan Skarsgård says to Robin Williams, "Do you have any idea what the odds are of winning the lottery?" And Robin Williams says, four to one." <laughs> you know, like you're you're not going to be a movie star. Like it just doesn't work that way. You might, but you probably won't. So mm. aim for success and go slow and just do good work. That's my best advice. Just do good work every time they have the camera on you. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for, for joining us on the show today, taking the time to chat it's, with us. Thank you. It's really a pleasure. And it's nice to meet you. And thanks for inviting me on. Likewise. Um, and again, congrats on the show. And um, yeah, here's to season two. Fingers crossed. <laughs> here's to season two. Fingers crossed. Thank you. And you know the drill, folks. You can find us on Instagram at Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juaniala Official. And you can find more of our show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts every Monday with bonus episodes on Thursdays. Don't miss Matthew Rauch on Partner Track, streaming now on Netflix. I'm Juaniala. This is Actors with Issues, and we'll see you next week.